We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We go! Welcome to the show. We have a legend with us today. If it's your first time listening, good to have you with us. I'm Chris Van Vliet. I'm an Emmy award-winning TV host, and I'm fascinated with finding out how people are wired to achieve greatness, because it doesn't happen by accident. On each episode of Insight, we have in-depth conversations and reverse engineer the habits and techniques of the world's top athletes, actors, entrepreneurs, hardcore legends, you name it. If they're the best at what they do, I want to get their insight so we can apply it to our own life. And it is impossible to talk about ECW without talking about Sabu. He's one of the stars who made that company. What a fascinating guy. And you can read all about his life in his biography called Sabu, Scars, Silence, and Superglue. He also has a children's book out called Sabu versus the Three Little Pigs. You can find both those books on his website ecwsabu.com. And he's joined in this interview by super genie Melissa Coates, who recently had her left leg amputated in a life-saving surgery that was caused by blood clots. I'll let her tell you more about this, but there's a GoFundMe page set up to help cover those medical expenses. It's linked in the show description. So if you can, please help Melissa and Sabu out. Take a screenshot, share this with someone who's a huge ECW fan, and tag us so we can share it. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Sabu is at the real Sabu ECW. Super Genie is at real Super Genie. And if you haven't yet, hit subscribe or hit follow on whatever platform it is that you're listening on right now. This review is from Danielle325, who says, awesome show. Chris is one of the most down-to-earth, genuine interviewers out there. His energy puts his guests at ease to open up and have an in-depth conversation that flows effortlessly whilst the listener gets an insight into his guests and their lives. Not your typical questions. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. Appreciate that. And I will continue reading one review on every single episode. 
Let's get to that goal of 2,000 reviews before my birthday, you know, Kane's least favorite day, May 19th. We're at 1736 right now. So closing in on 2000, just a little, what was that? 264 to go. Vague goals get vague results, right? Mm-hmm. My guest today is a wrestling legend. Please welcome Sabu and Super Genie. All right. Okay. Joined by Sabu and Super Genie. How are you guys? Pretty good. It's been better. As you know, uh, Super Genie had a mishap with the leg. Yeah. Super Genie, how are you? How are you feeling? Well, you know, I'm hanging in there. It's a, it's a definitely a very large change. The doctors actually don't even know what happened that uh, caused me to lose my leg. I've been to all these specialists for all these different tests, like 13 vials of blood, and they don't really know what happened. So it's been a shocker. You know, I've made my entire career off pro bodybuilding, pro wrestling, and then suddenly to have, you know, your leg amputated above your knee has been quite the unexpected shock. Sure. We have a GoFundMe going for it also. Yeah, I'll put a link down uh, below for the GoFundMe. But uh, yeah, that, it looks like it's been getting some pretty good moment- momentum. I mean, obviously, the fans care about both of you guys. Yeah. yeah, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, it's the, the thing is the prosthetic leg, you know, besides all the procedures I had to have like five, six procedures in the hospital, a, a really good prosthetic leg. You're not just given these things like there. If you want a really good one, it's super expensive, like a right. hundred thousand dollars. If I wanted a leg that brought me to where I was, uh, say, bodybuilding wise or wrestling wise in the, in the ring. I can't just have a basic leg. You have to buy a, a, a leg that's like $100,000. So once I heard that, it was a, a pretty big shock. Right. So like, where did, did this just start with pain in your leg? Is that where this began? And then after about a couple of weeks, we took her to the hospital. They said she might have had a pull Achilles. Okay. Three weeks later, she had pain in her calf again. All through that three weeks, we finally took her to the hospital and they said it was dying. Her leg was dying. Oh my God! Yeah, like a long story short, it was seemed like a was a uh, seemed like a pull muscle, but I have in the family. There's a lot of like vein problems, clots, artery issues, heart problems, and um, you know, so I started to have pain in my leg about six weeks before the amputation, and I went, you know, I did what I should have done. I went to urgent care. And unfortunately, the doctor didn't check my arteries. He only checked the vein, so it wasn't a it wasn't like a full exam. And then, you know, weeks later, I'm back in the hospital, and they're telling me they're most likely going to have to amputate my leg. So it was just awful. But wow. anyways, why are we here? <laughs> well, it's good to have you guys on. And what's this shirt that you have on, Sabu? It's Judas Priest. Oh, yeah. this is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. I, usually have, I usually wear my RVD CBD shirt, but I don't have it on today. But if you if you order RV, RV, RVD CBD and you put the promo code Sabu, you get 10% off. All right. Well, and congratulations, Sabu, on your book. I mean, Stars, Silence, and Superglue. People can find it on your website. Um, but this is it's a pretty in-depth look at uh, the person that you are. It, it, it's a little... It's a little um softened up here and there. Sabu actually, he'll end up doing another book that's a little more true to his character, but uh, we thought we had uh, 
he thought he'd go easy on the fans to start off and and um, give them something a little less shocking. <laughs> Sabu, when someone when someone's pretty wild, so yeah, you've lived a wild life, like in wrestling and outside of wrestling. Like it's for everything that fans have seen you do in the ring. It's also mind blowing to me that you were shot in the face and survived that. Yep. Yeah, right here. Not my oh. teeth out on the side there. My gosh. And I just so my cavity and a couple holes in the back of my throat. And he was actually trying to defend a friend of his, how this all happened. He was in yeah. kind of a rough part of Lansing, Michigan, where he grew up and um, was a big party one night and turned into not such a great party by the end of the night. <laughs> wow. Did you did you think at any point during that Sabu that you weren't going to make it? Oh, I well when I first got shot, you know my throat was dry and all that, so I was choking on my blood. But then after I I got my my bearings back, I was fine. Hmm. When we look at everything that you've done in the ring, what's been the most painful thing that you've go, gone through? Uh, the time Benoit threw me on my head, broke <laughs> my neck. That was pretty bad. Yeah, I'd say that'd be pretty bad. The second one would be the, the scar on my arm I got when I wrestled Terry Funk. Man. Yeah, you would have thought all the barbed wire matches would have been the worst, but I guess uh, I guess landing on your head and breaking your neck is a close second to having your torso ripped open by barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, and I, I guess with everything that you have been through, what hurts on you as you sit here right now and we have this conversation? My lower back, uh, my shoulder really bad and my neck. Oh neck, my God. Shoulder, shoulder. Yeah, his lower back is particularly bad right now. Yeah, I got spinal stenosis uh, in my lower back. When we look at the, uh, like, you're like famous, infamous for the scars on your chest and your stomach, on your torso. Did all those happen in one match? No, it happened over a course of time. You know, there wasn't one match, it was a month. Quite a few matches. Yeah, you're thinking of the wrestler movie where that guy had everything happen all at once. No, no, his injuries spread, spread over over time. It's right. like over I mean, three. It's, it's also become like it's become your trademark too, though. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think anything having to do with barbed wire, like I think people specifically think of Sabu when it comes to barbed wire. So that's kind of his. Uh, to me, that's his calling card. That is that's his pad patent in itself is barbed wire. Right. I think when people think of barbed wire in a wrestling ring, I think there's a lot of fans out there who think that this is not real barbed wire, but it is oh. real barbed wire. It's definitely real barbed wire. In his case, it always was. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely real barbed wire. So when you sign up, Sabu, for your first barbed wire match, what's going through your mind? Well, I didn't sign up for it. I, I was a tour of Japan, and it just so happened I had a barbed wire match. I didn't know about it till the last minute, so I, I, I didn't think that much about it. And, and I took it in stride. It was just another day, and uh, I'll try hard like I do any other time, and uh, hopefully they like it. And the thing was, I tried so hard that I was good at it that they thought that I liked doing it, but I didn't like doing it. I was just doing what was facing in front of me. And was that your first exposure to like that real type of hardcore match? Yeah, first time I've ever been in a barbed wire match, yes. Oh my gosh. That's from w, right? Yeah, FMW. And then it became something that you were really known for. Was it just because oh, you were good at first, it? The first time I did a barbed wire match was one. And then the next tour, we did like three. Then the third tour, we did 16 barbed wire matches. 
So I just kept accumulating over the next tour, kept adding more and more. And finally, every every day of the tour was a barbed wire match. Oh my gosh. Yeah, lucky him. <laughs> yeah, right. And, yeah. And, and you were okay with that? Well, I bitched about it, but I still did my best. Sure. When, I, I, I would say, why am I in barbed wire every night? Because you like it. I said, no, I don't. So it's just because you complained the least? Is that why? I guess so. <laughs> what would you say that you like more, barbed wire or steel chairs? What's that again? Barbed wire or steel chairs. Uh, steel chairs. Yeah, steel chairs became like a huge part of your offense. Where did that begin for you? Well, my uncle always used a chair every now and then. And then FMW would say for killing some chairs. So I just wanted to use a chair a different way. So I'd jump off it or throw it or kick it or whatever, you know, something different than just whacking the guy with the head with it. Yeah, when your uncle is the, the sheik and you're growing up with the uncle as your sheik or as the sheik, is it like pretty, you know, it's a pretty predetermined that you're going to become a pro wrestler at that point? Yeah, I guess so. But I'm the only one in my family. Like, uh, I had a cousin who wrestled for a couple of years. He quit. Another cousin wrestled for a couple of years. He got killed. But uh, nobody really stuck with it. I, I was the only relative that stuck with it. Huh. Did Was there a point where you weren't going to stick with it? No, never. Never. But never. Well, I, I started amateur wrestling in eighth grade. And, my, you know, and I was only doing that to gear me up for pro wrestling. So I went up to 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade. That was just warm up to get me tough for pro wrestling. I didn't care how I did. It was just practice. And his uncle actually knew Sabu was always going to end up being a pro wrestler because of... Because when I'd go out to his house when I was young, I'd just stare at him. And he kind of was scary, but, he, but I, I wasn't scared. But I was scared. I just didn't show it. Huh. He just mesmerized by him, right? So somehow yes, his I, uncle sort I, of picked up that I, this is going to be like the I, next sheet. I, I studied his mannerism. I studied everything about him. Like yeah. Were you always as, as athletic as we've seen you in the ring? Like, you know, pulling off moonsaults out of nowhere. Like, it's like you really were super athletic. My uncle used to be pretty athletic, too, when he was younger. Way younger. But And he also said, when you do that shit tonight, you got to do it every night if they like it. So uh, that's, he goes, it's a curse and a blessing. You know, it's a curse that you got to do it every night and a blessing that people want to see you. But, uh, uh, you know, I just took it in stride. I didn't care how bad I got beat up or as long as I made it through the day, I was fine. Well, believe it or not, Sabu's actually extremely clumsy. <laughs> like, if, if you're going to have a dinner table, who's going to knock over the glass of milk? It's going to be Sabu. So it's it's amazing to me, like, how smooth he is in the ring. And yet, it's funny how sometimes he's clumsy in real life. Like, two people would never put the two together. Yeah, you know so why I'm clumsy? Because I try to be too careful. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's true. You're holding yourself to. back. And you're saying in the ring, you don't try to be too careful? No, not at all. I try to be rough and tough as I can. So if it's well, a blessing. stuff looks very real. You know, like I always thought Sabu would be a great crossover with UFC because you're never going to look at Sabu's stuff and go, this stuff isn't real. Like how, how some people try to act like pro wrestling is fake. You're never going to look at Sabu's stuff and say, hey, they practiced this a million times. This stuff is fake because his stuff isn't fake. He thinks on his feet and he, he's just trained like a, a pure wrestler. Most people nowadays are not trained like that at all. Well, I remember, I remember seeing Sabu for the first time in ECW, and I thought this guy might legitimately be crazy. <laughs> You're probably right. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it was just something about your demeanor, but also just the way that you worked matches. It was just like it looked like you were genuinely out there to like 
kick some ass. Well, the thing what people believed was when I didn't talk, because every other wrestler talks shit and does a loud promo, and I didn't say nothing, and I still connected with the people. I didn't say a word, and I connected with the people. Did was it, was that a benefit for you to not cut promos? It's a benefit to me, as long as I had a manager with me. But if I didn't have a manager, you know, I I had no rebuttal. Yeah. And whose idea was it to come up with the gimmick that you have now and, you know, that's made you famous your entire career? My, my uncle did. He, he named me Sabu the Elephant Boy from Bombay, India, because his hero when he was growing up was Sabu the Actor, who played uh, Mowgli in the, the, movie, the movie Jungle Book. Mm -hmm. So he always wanted to be that that guy that, that Sabu in there. So he used to run around the run around his house with a towel on his head when he was a little kid. And then when he got old enough, when he had a first baby, a first son, he wanted to name it Sabu, but his wife, my aunt, wouldn't let him. So they named the dog Sabu. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually the second Sabu. And I dropped so, the elephant. So how long till people figured out that you weren't actually from India and now they created, you know, it was Bombay, Michigan is where you were from. They still thought I was. So I, I changed it to Bombay, Michigan. But the elephant boy is considered a really tough person, though, right? Well, like, an elephant boy is like a cowboy. They herd elephants. It sounds funny here, but in India, I have a lot of respect. Hmm. So the elephant boy is a real badass, I'm actually, really in that part of the world. So it sounds funny, elephant boy, but it actually means he was incredibly tough. From that part of the world, they would understand, you right. know? Right. I mean, growing up, looking up to your uncle, looking up to the Sheik, did you assume that when you got into wrestling, you'd have a gimmick that would be kind of similar to his? He, he set me straight. My first five years, I was a regular wrestler who didn't leave the ring and only did first ten minute matches in, in the first, you know, first uh, match of the show. And and I, he, and from day one, he goes, "You're not going to be like me." I said, "Okay." He goes, "No, I'll, don't give me that shit. You're not going to be like me." I said, "Okay." I, I didn't. Not that I didn't want to. I just knew there was already him. I didn't want to copy him. So it, it just, when I had the, when I was having the old boy, I used to have a turban that was wrapped around my head, say I'm from Bombay, India. But after when everybody found out I was his nephew, he said, lose the turban and wear a headpiece like his. Hmm. Uncle was what? Four inches taller than you? A couple inches. A lot bigger. A bit bigger. So I know a lot of podcasters listen to the show. So if you have a podcast or you've always thought about starting a podcast, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle. It's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to that next level. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art from one of our graphic designers, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasts, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and a ton of other stuff. On top of that, we'll also help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, all the different listening platforms. And the best part about this is you get it all for just 15 bucks a month, which is the same rate that you'd be paying at another hosting site just for the... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or if you have an existing show that you want to just blow up, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your podcasting experience. But acceptance into the program is limited. So make sure to get your application in today. To apply, just go to bwhustle.com slash join. Also, check out the description box of this episode for more info. That's the links down there as well. It's bwhustle.com slash join. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. This isn't self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash insight and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So the special offer for anybody listening to Insight right now is 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash insight. Do you feel like this, that you'd be able to, if you started this gimmick now in 2021, do you think that they'd let you get away with this now? No. Everything is too choreographed and, and scripted. Now, most of my shit, especially in FMW, came on came on the fly because a good worker used to be considered how good he reacted on his feet, not how he, he could read a script. Yeah. I mean, well, when you look at your... change to where you got to read a script. Right. When you look at your resume and you look at everywhere that you've worked, I mean, you've worked everywhere. Where was your first big break, do you think? Japan. I, I wrestled for seven years, uh, five five years as Terry SR and two years as Sabu. And uh, when I went to Japan, I took off for me. That's seven years later after I started. And you know that you know, uh, Kevin Sullivan said recently that you missed out on a four hundred thousand dollar paycheck in WCW. Is that is there actually fact to that? It was a little more than that, but close enough. <laughs> like a, it was a three-year deal. He said it was a three-year deal. The downside was four hundred. One year, one year guaranteed. Two years, maybe. Wow. So what happened here? Um, they offered me some money. 
uh, I went down to have a meeting with J.J. Dillon and Kevin Sullivan. They offered me a huge contract, and I was shitting my pants. So I said, let me take this back to my hotel and read it. And Kevin goes, read it, just sign it. So I have to read it. But really, I wanted to tell my mother before I signed it just for the hell of it. But when I called my mother, she had a heart attack on the phone before I could tell her. So I hung up the phone and flew right home. And then I was in intensive care for, with my mother. And I called him from the ICU unit and uh, called Kevin Sullivan and said, okay, I got that contract. I'm going to fax it over to you now. It was too late. Rest me soon. Matter of six hours, my contract, I got lost the contract in six hours. Yeah, unbelievable. I, that's, I, I can't even believe that that's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Why Why would they take the contract away so quickly? Well, all it was with Polly calling up the WCW office and threatening to sue. That's all it took for them to get away and drop me. Wow. Yeah. So then yeah. where did you end up going from there? I went to Japan, everywhere else, you know, everywhere. And then eventually WWE, you know. Yeah. Do you I just went everywhere else. Do you think that you do you think that the character that you had would have worked in WCW? Would you have been this massive star that Kevin Sullivan's talking about? I hope so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think so too. Well, see, Kevin liked my gimmick. He wasn't—he was going to give me a guy who could talk for me, and not, you know, even a guy of my choice, a manager of my choice, and a few other luxuries. And uh, I, I was freaked out so bad I had to tell my mother first, and I, it was a mistake. Yeah. Who? Well, the bad news was the heart attack. Not well, yeah, that was worse than losing the contract with my mother's heart attack. But that gave her 10, 10 more years of life after that. Wow. Who do you think your manager would have been in WCW? I wanted Tommy Rich. What it might have been Fonzie, but I wanted Tommy Rich because we're two opposite, so opposite. So that's you know that's the WCW contract and situation. What happened with the WWF contract a few years before that? Uh, that was only a one year deal, and it wasn't much money. And they said they were going to keep Sabu the way he is, the way he was in ECW. But when I got there. They, they took Paul out of the booking. After a couple of months, they took Paul, out of, Paul Heyman out of the booking, and I had no one else in the booking even that had my back. So one day I said to Dusty Rhodes, I go, why, is there, why am I getting the shit kicked out of me you know, in the ring? He goes, you don't have no friends in the booking meeting. I said, what? And I looked at him as if he's one of my friends. And he goes, like I said, you have no friends in the booking meeting, and walked away. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty harsh. So if you don't have somebody, you got to kiss somebody's ass, an agent's ass, for them to bring your name up in the booking meeting. They go, we need somebody to do this. They go, hey, how about somebody I know? You know, But uh, yeah. there's nothing to do that. They just throw you the wayside. Yeah. Would you no say that that was a... How good you are. Was that a similar situation to when you worked in WWE later on? Just, you know, no friends in the booking room to help you out? First time. The first time I worked for WWE, the tryout. Okay, that, I just came in for a couple of days and that was a tryout. I didn't, I didn't want to take it. Then later on, when they called me to do the ECW... WWE. That's when they said we're going to keep Sabu the same and all this stuff. And then after I got there, it slowly changed. And then once Paul was out of it, it all changed. Yeah. What would you say was the biggest difference between Sabu and ECW and then Sabu and WWE's version of ECW? Uh, they said they wanted the WWE version, but when I got there, I mean the, the ECW version, when I got there, they wanted to make it a new version. to soften me down. I already toned myself down and they were toning me down more. Every match they were toning me down. Hmm. In, in what ways do you feel like they really toned you down the most? Well, they'll say, uh, if I jump off the chair and do a kick, they go, you can't do that. I go, why? He goes, that's, that's Jeff Hardy's spot. That's a shit. I go, I'm going to break a table like, no, no, no. Elijah Burke's going to break a table like, I go, but it's my gimmick. Not here it is. That's what they said. Is it anything I said I invented? They said, you didn't invent it here. 
Yeah. And I mean, you weren't able to use the chairs as much as a weapon like you were able to. The first, the first couple of months, first few weeks, I yeah. didn't use everything like I always did. And they slowly took everything away. Yeah. We, we would do NCW, WWE, uh, hardcore or uh, extreme matches on the road, and there would be no extreme matches. We, we wouldn't even break the table or use a chair. Mm. Oh, sure. We wouldn't. What would you say was like uh, the standout moment for you in your time in ECW? Uh, and Todd and Taz uh, chased me for a year, and I ended up in the ring with lights out, lights on, facing him. I guess that was the biggest moment. Yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. What about an impact? What do you think is the biggest thing you did in TNA? Uh, I did a barbed wire match in TNA called Barbed Wire Massacre in 2004. That was pretty good. That was that was with Abyss, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I, I I also think that for a lot of people, what stands out in your time in WWE is your match with John Cena. What was it like working with John? I liked it. Yeah, I got a lot of bad rep, a lot of bad information given to me about him. And it was all lies and jealousy because he could work. He was a nice guy, wasn't selfish, and even called my spots when I forgot him. Really? Yeah. So, so the match that we saw was John Cena calling most of that, that, that match? He didn't call most of the match. Whenever I got lost, he called it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We both called the match in the dressing room. And then when we go out there, we both called it in the ring. But I go, oh, I forgot. He goes, I know what to do. do this, do that. You know, he, he, was, he was always on the right page. You're obviously he's in the conversation. A lot of guys are jealous of him because of his big push, but I th I, he deserves it. Yeah. But what, what do you make of what John Cena is doing with his career now? I don't know. What's he doing? He's a movie star now. Yeah. I guess good for him. <laughs> and Guy Coke commercials. I mean, he hasn't wrestled in like, well, he, I guess he kind of did something at WrestleMania last year, but it was pre-taped. He hasn't wrestled since then, though. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he's basically just following the Rock's footsteps now. Yeah. Huge. You're obviously in the conversation, Sabu, for someone who should be in the Hall of Fame. If WWE wanted to induct you in the Hall of Fame, would that be something you're interested in? I said that I wouldn't be because I think it's a, the fakest Hall of Fame there is, but I would do it for the payoff. I'd make sure everybody knows that I don't think I'm, I'm a Hall of Famer because they say it. Uh, I'm supposed to be getting inducted into the Iowa Hall of Fame this year. That to me is a real Hall of Fame because they put amateur wrestlers, they put you know, uh, pro wrestlers, or even boxers sometimes. But uh, it's all about wrestling, not about who sang the national anthem or who, who what celebrity was on the show. Yeah. And... I mean, it, it makes sense. You're obviously a Hall of Famer. It, doesn't it make sense that you go in there? Uh, not with, no, because I wasn't a big name in WWE. Those are for guys, like, Van Damme will be in there for sure, because he worked more for WWE than I did. But when I was there, I didn't have no Hall of Fame year or Hall of Fame match when I was there. It was pretty, pretty sad. Yeah, I guess it is kind of. It's just sad what happened. I was such a huge ECW fan. It's just sad what happened to ECW. Me and Rob, well, Rob said to Vince, you know, we're losing our fans. And he goes, fuck those fans. We're going to make new ones. I said, but the new ones are too soft. You know, mm. you want the old base, you know, the, the original ECW base. Why not? They were bloodthirsty fans. We bought, bought every show, no matter how bad it was. In a perfect world, what do you think should have happened with ECW when it was going under? I, I don't know. Uh, I jumped ship before it went under, but then that ship fell, uh, fell through when I did it. So I didn't go back. But I don't know what they should have done. A better backer, or a bigger backer, or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, 
calls a genius, he still is a genius. That's why he's on top of the world today. And he had more stuff back then. He doesn't have the money. Yeah. What, what do you think is the most impressive thing about Paul Heyman? His brain. His, 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 the way he talks. Uh, he's a lawyer without going to school. And he's the smartest son of a bitch I ever met without going to school. He, he uh, One time Vince said, cut a promo for 10 minutes. He goes, what do you want him to say? He goes, think of something. So he went out there and thanked God for, for Vince McMahon. And, and all on the fly, all last second shit come out of his mouth. And, and wow. he just comes to verbal, verbal shit. Is there a lesson that Paul Heyman taught you from your time that you spent with him that you know has really stuck with you? Yeah, he said, don't ever talk on a promo. So that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> he knew I was no good at it. Even if I tried, I'd be no good at it. But I purposely not tried for Vince and Stephanie. What about from Vince? You worked with Vince for a while. What was, what's the biggest takeaway from working with Vince McMahon? He was, he was always great to my face from what I know. I, he's always very polite, very respectful. Always spoke good about my uncle. My uncle never spoke good about him, but he always spoke good about my uncle. And uh, it said that I was better than he thought I was, better than they said. Uh -oh. uh, Vince was uh, amazing. He watches every single match and cares about it. He even goes over every single match and cares mm. about it. I would say, have someone else handle it. I don't feel like doing it, but he always feels like doing it. He, he's, wow. a, he's, a, he's a weirdo. He's made amazing. What do you think Vince could have done to make the WWE version of ECW work better? Keep the WWE guys out of it and let us do our own thing. But get, make Paul the boss and let us do our own thing. Yeah. Ignore WWE. We should have ignored them. Oops, sorry. How many of those guys are you still in touch with? How many of the original ECW guys? Not, not that many. Uh, I, I talk to Dreamer sometimes, Van Damme all the time. Taz a little bit. I and, talked to Paul Heyman a few weeks ago. Oh, how's Paul Heyman doing? He's doing great. <laughs> not better than me. Mm -hmm. Are you Are you doing okay? I, I could be better, but I'm all right. Oh. I ate my meals. You guys both look great. What's that? You guys both look great. Well, thank you. Where are you guys at now? We just had a doctor's appointment this morning. We have doctor's appointments almost every day. And then mm. today we have two. No, yesterday we have two. Wow. Where are you guys living right now? A specialist house. What's that? Which uh, city are you guys in now? Las Vegas. Oh, okay. No, that's why you see Van Damme all the time. Well, yeah. I was here before him, though. We moved here right before he did. Ah. Well, again, I'll put that link down below for the GoFundMe for Eugenie and, you know, it, it, but it's great to see you guys doing so well. Yeah, we're, without considering, yes, we are doing well, considering what happened to her. Yeah. Sabu, you got a new action figure coming out produced by Zombie Sailor. Can you tell us a bit about that? Zombie got a new action figure coming out, you know, plus my book. And uh, I have a coloring book. I think I have one. Right here, this is my coloring book. Can you see it? Sabu and versus the three little pigs. Yeah, it's actually a, a real coloring book. Oh, <laughs> Somebody said, great read. It's really cute. Coloring book. It's got a little camel genie on the back. <laughs> with like roasted puggies. It's really cute. It's, 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 it's a really cute um, cute little story. We're going to start marketing. Actually, probably going to start selling them tonight. His website is ecwsabu.com. And uh, what your Twitter is at the real Sabu ECW. Uh, Instagram is the same. Uh, no, just the real Sabu ECW. Yes. Yeah, the real Sabu ECW. 
And I sell a lot of his merchandise through mine. So mine would be like at real super genie, that sort of thing. I usually put yeah, over his merchandise. Anybody wants my merch, uh, they'd have to get a hold of her anyways. Okay. What's the best way that people can support you? What's that? What's the best way that people can support you? Best way. Best way to support you. Best way to support me? Send me your money. <laughs> no, there is no big. You, you, uh, cheer for me when you see me. I guess I don't know. You don't have to do nothing. <laughs> Are you? You're yeah. still working matches, right? It's coming up. He's got some other business deals coming up. He's going to be doing a Patreon. You know, we got a lot of things uh, planned for him. We just had to get a little more caught up to date with social media. You know, Sabu is a little yeah, I'm behind on that. Yeah. I, I underestimated, underestimated the reach of Twitter. I underestimated it. I didn't think it would. That means people paid attention to what I said, what they do. Well, you know how today everybody's got to be politically correct or everybody's going to jump down your throat. So, you know, it's a very different world nowadays. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, wrestling originally started with everybody being politically incorrect and that's how it, how it functioned. And now, like, Just you can't be <laughs> politically incorrect. You get in big trouble if you, if you pull any of the kind of storylines that they used to do back in the day you can't do that anymore you know everybody flips out yeah so you're still working matches right sabu uh no i wrestled in october and i was in so much pain uh i had another match coming up in january i had to cancel it and i had some matches coming up this month i had to cancel i, I, I don't know if i'm gonna be able to wrestle again actually until i get surgery on my back wow but so after surgery, you think you'll be able to wrestle then, or do you not want to wrestle anymore? That's what I plan to. All right. So in a perfect world, who's your final match against? Rob Van Dam. No, no, I'm sorry. That'd be my Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. And Paul, Paul, when I said I want to wrestle Brock, he knew I was going to say that because I said I apologize. I want to wrestle. I told him I want to wrestle Brock, but Brock's under under contract and what we do. But I knew you'd say that. Go why? Because you, you're a perfect opponent. He's my opponent. When I describe Paul to get me somebody to wrestle, listen. It might be his final match too. <laughs> Brock is uh, Brock's pretty much an animal. So, yeah. if you, when you look back at your entire career, Sabu, is there something that maybe you wish you hadn't done, or maybe you wish you had done differently? I wish I would have signed that contract and Kevin Sullivan gave it to me. That I regret my my heart. Do you think about how? I mean, would would your career have really been that much different if you'd signed it? You think? My life would have been a lot better. Yeah. You know, yeah, I get it. A couple million dollars would go a long ways with me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's still possible now. Yeah. Not really. I'm, I'm too old. No, he's got so many fans. Like, young kids are still his fans. It's amazing. Like, you know, with the internet and YouTube, like, He's got little girls that want to be like him. And, you know, some of them want to be like me, but a bunch of them are going to point out because they want to be like Sabu. So it's, you know, the internet is so far reaching, you know, he, he doesn't even realize how popular he I, still is. Well, I, I kind of put uh, Twitter and everything on, on the back burner thinking it was something secondary, but I didn't realize how, how strong it is. What was the realization that made you realize, all right, I got to really dive into this? Right. What made me? Well, everybody around me said, you got to get on Twitter, you got to get on Facebook. And finally, I, I got on Twitter and Facebook about seven years ago, but uh, not before that. But uh, I, I just got on, like, I, I had a Twitter for five or six years that's never used it. And when I did use it, I swore and said the, uh, a few things what I shouldn't have said, and they got me uh, suspended. Now, now I'm definitely, definitely suspended off Twitter. <laughs> But, but oh, I had yeah. a new one, uh, the real Sabu ECW.
What's well, a lesson learned the hard way? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. All right. So again, it's ecwsabu.com, right? Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much. Such a pleasure to be talking to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Order your RVD CBD uh, promo code Sabu. Well, there we go. Thank you to Sabu and thank you to Super Genie. The link for the GoFundMe that we were talking about for Super Genie is in the show notes. So if you can, please help out. And thank you for being on this audio adventure with me. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you're listening. And you can always find the highlights and transcriptions for these conversations on my website, chrisvanvliet.com. If you follow me on Twitter, you saw this quote last week that I shared from James Cameron. I love it. So good. If you set your goals ridiculously high and it's a failure, you will fail above everyone else's success. I love it. One more time. If you set your goals ridiculously high and it's a failure, you'll fail above everyone else's success. So good. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.